1: Alliance, supporting all 32 counties through the Alliance Leagues. A grain, all right. A grain, all right. He's going
2: to tip the scale. Just remember that. There's a small bit of a needle there. Come on,
1: Mayo, you're going to get Andy Moran into the game. Listen So finally, we actually have some football matches to talk about. Hello, everyone. You're very welcome to the Irish Examiner Gaelic Football Show sponsored by Allianz. My name is Paul Rouse, and I'm joined by the former Armagh footballer, Oshin McConville, and by the former Kerry footballer, Paul Galvin. So straight into the football. Paul, you're very welcome. What did you think of Kerry?
0: Thanks, Paul. Hi, uh, I, Paul. I I thought Kerry were great. I thought Kerry were great. I didn't see everything, but what I did see... You know, it was what you, you. it's probably what we were all hoping to see. I thought, I felt there was a bit of anger in them. It was a kind of an angry display and, uh, was there, was, there was, there was no, there was no mercy in it. So I thought that was good to see. And, um, you'd be hoping to see that every day now from here on in, but certainly there was loads of energy and loads of, um, <clears throat> loads of energy and loads of, I suppose, that, that kind of, kind of an anger in them. I thought that was, um, that was good, and of course, look, the 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 stuff up front. Some of the stuff up front was brilliant.
1: Last week, when we were on, it was two weeks ago now. Ushin was saying that he thought Kerry were soft, that they did soft centre the last couple of years. Do you do you see something different now? Would you would you agree with that analysis? First of all, and second of all, do you think it has changed?
0: Nice, nice, easy introduction into the morning for me anyway on a Monday morning. Um, no, uh, look, at I think I, I don't think Kerry people adjectives are always tricky when you go describing a team, and that like you know, I don't know. I just I just regardless of, I don't think you can argue too hard with that from the point of view that we've been falling short kind of consistently, really, like and. uh you know, you could make arguments about it, and you know, go and go batting against that kind of an opinion, but there's really not, really not a lot you can say really to fight back. It's such like, uh, you know, I we'd no one likes that. No one likes that type of description. No, no, no team likes it. No individual likes it. No manager likes it. And uh, but at the same time, Kerry have fallen short. I suppose too, too a few too many times. And and you're, you're open to all sorts of questioning then and doubts and and your your what you're made of in terms of a desire for winning and your mentality and all that will come into question like and uh, so I'm afraid we kind of have to suck it up. Whatever's going on at the moment, we we have to take on the chain and carry, you know, that's that's the way I see it.
1: Ocean, did you say something different about Kerry on, on Saturday? I
0: never <coughs> I
2: never said Kerry was off. I said that uh, Kerry were, uh, didn't have enough bad eggs at, at, in defence. Now, when Paul was playing, most of them were bad eggs. Um, and all I, all, I suppose the, the point that I wanted to make uh, was that if Kerry are going to win an All-Aaron, are they going to win it with the defensive had? Take Peter Crowley out of it. Um, so I watched Kerry at the weekend. And I, the first thing I think of is, wow, you know, look at the, the attacking football that Kerry play. Now, the question that I would ask Paul would, uh, Paul Galvin would be, um, what is Kerry's the DNA? Is that important? Um, what like when I when I think of Kerry now, I think of the Monaghan game they played last year in the league when the league came back, and they played two guys who basically played as. Uh, auxiliary defenders and there didn't seem to be any of that now Kerry felt back like like most teams do but uh, Kerry are obviously very good on the front foot and I think last year they thought a little bit too much about it Um, they had Dublin in their sights and they're thinking how do we go about beating Dublin I think at this stage that you know if you want to and um, think about Kerry uh, DNA, what uh, Kerry football is all about. Then you think, I, and again, I don't know if this if this stuff is really important now. And now but um, I think if Kerry are going to win an all Ireland, they're going to win it playing the way they played at the weekend, rather than um, trying to overthink it and play it the way they wanted to play last year and it didn't really work for them. So that's that's three attempts Kerry have had now. So. Um, When Peter Keane came in, fairly similar to to what we watched at the weekend, fell short. Last year, obviously fell dramatically short playing defensive football. And um, this year, uh, again, it's only the first game and it was Galway. And we have to put all these things into perspective. But I'm just wondering if Paul would tell us how uh, important DNA or how important, important the identity of this team is and um, what is
0: the identity of this team? Yeah, um, I suppose you raise lots of very important points, there, osheen and lots of very valid points, and lots of points that I, I I've no doubt, Kerry are examining themselves, right, and, and and are and are, I would say, and I would hope, probably, trying to get revisit or re. You know, regenerate or re, re, rediscover that DNA because um, it is important. It's an important in every county. What is it in Kerry to ask your quest to answer your question? I don't know. I don't know. I I think, I think when a Kerry team are taking lots of solos and lots of hops around the middle third of the field and out of defence, I think it's not a great sign. I think no plays on the ball. If there is a DNA, Oisin, and, and at the minute, and and I get to, and to the set, you raise a couple of valid points. And I think at the minute, DNA is struggling and is lost for the for the squeeze and the time pressure that's, that are on managers and coaches and teams and, and operations. And I felt this for six months. And it was a big factor why I came out of Wexford in the end because I felt trying to drive identity, trying to create spirit, trying to build a DNA over a couple of seasons. I didn't feel I was, I felt that opportunity was gone with the time pressure and all the regulations and restrictions and et cetera, et cetera. So at the minute, and I would say Kerry last year, I think DNA might have went for everybody last year and and teams went because probably I was in the position for six or seven months and I thought, what is going to get performances here? What is going to ensure you're competitive? Because you're going to get no time in the training ground. You're going to get no opportunity really to do the things I felt I had no opportunity to do the things I wanted to do. And I gave it as long as I could to see what the outlook would look like in terms of sessions, in terms of when it would begin, when it would end. Travel, time management, all that time pressure. So I think last year was an aberration of the point of view of DNA. I think DNA went out the window. I think what's DNA in general in carry? I think probably for me anyway, little or no players coming out of defense with the ball, getting it up the field, moving it on quickly. That leads to the second point, I think, is is, is how you're moving it on, Oshin. And people talk about the hand pass and there being too much hand passing. I just look at passing and the quality of passing and, and, and what the quality of passing is like. Uh, I think probably, in general in the game, the standard of passing is not what it could be. I think Kerry possibly have fallen into a trap in recent years, maybe, of maybe... Not taking care of the ball the way the way they should. Why? Because teams probably are sitting off now and there's not a need in the game to take care of the take care of the ball as you would have maybe say ten years ago when we were playing and there was a bit more man and man stuff. Your passing had to be better. Your passing had to be more accurate, it had to be fast, it had to be off the ground, like there's an amount of ball on the ground. I think Kerry put too much ball along the ground, or certainly did last year. And that would be a DNA thing for me. But look. I think, in general, Loisin, to give them their dues. I think you raise a very valid point. I think at the minute the DNA and the identity stuff, for this last 12 months, I think it has taken a back seat. I think I think it took a back seat last year with Kerry through through necessity as much as anything else. And I'm hoping that you know Sunday last was was a re you know maybe a little bit of a re a rediscovery of the heads up heads up no plays play forward that kind of stuff that I, I would look for and we, we all probably would look for but um, the game also has when teams sit off nowadays anyway I think that that old Kerry style of play that would have been probably heads up play forward backs not solo on or hopping the ball I think with teams dropping off that, that kind of play isn't that possible as much anymore sorry know to make it that long winded but
1: if you Kerry are playing Dublin next weekend if you were playing for Kerry how would you approach this game
0: if I was playing for Kerry against this Dublin side, I, I suppose, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, I look at we'll say I was looking recently at a video of um of Brian Fenton, highlights of Brian Fenton. What a player, absolutely superb player. And I watched a, I watched a what do you call it, a collage or a highlights reel, a highlights reel of of, of eleven scores. Of eleven scores, I think there was, I think there was three goals and maybe eight points or something like that over various games. Outstanding player, wasn't a single tackle in the in the eleven clips. There wasn't a single tackle made on him. There wasn't even a single player near him actually. And that's listen, that's testament to his athleticism, his ability, his mindset. Because I listen to the guy speak, and I love listening to the guy speak. I almost, when I listen to him speak, I say to myself, I wish he was from Kerry. Because he speaks of the game with such enthusiasm and such love. He he, he he People compare him a bit to Jacko. And he is like Jacko from the point of view of how he talks about the game. Jacko talks about the game like a kid. Fenton talks about the game like a kid with this enthusiasm that I think is the massive advantage. I said before, I've said in the past, like, enthusiasm is the best form of fitness that there is, like, if you love what you're doing, he loves football. And I love listening to him talk about the game. I love watching him and I love listening to him talk about the game. But I watch those clips... And I felt, my God, no. I'd be disappointed. And this was against every type of opposition. There was a bit of me. There was a bit of Kildare. There was a bit of Tyrone. There was a bit of Kerry. There was a bit of Mayo. If I was on the field, I was looking at that clip thinking, if I was on the field for those games, and he went through the field, ran through us like that, and I didn't get near him, and I didn't make his life extremely difficult. Extremely difficult. Because that was my job with Kerry, like a part of the time, like... We played O'Sheen a couple of times. Geezer was middle of the field. Paul McGrain was middle of the field. Like, I think that's another factor with Brian as well, maybe. The middle, feet, the middle the middle, man at the minute. I look back when, uh, it's fright to be looking back to, but like, you could Paul McGrain and Geezer, with Tony McEntee, John Toll, with Kevin Walsh and Sean O'Donnell. You look at uh, uh, John Galvin, John Quan, Nicholas Murphy, Graham Canty, Kieran Whelan in Dublin. Uh, the Tyrone boys were serious units. Hughes around the middle of the field, in um, the McGinley around the middle. Huge number of really big, prop, you know, midfielders. I probably think there probably isn't that number of them at the minute. I probably, but the other thing is, then look, I if I was on the field, certainly I'd be taking a role in terms of making it as I normally did, make it extremely difficult for the opposition midfield because that meant Dara get a, get a platform get Dara playing you have a huge chance of winning the game so if I'm on this Kerry team I'm saying Jesus give David Moore the best possible chance give, 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 give you know and the other thing is look I think there's only one man midfields anymore like you don't really see the combinations anymore you don't see the eight and nines anymore you see an eight really you look at Mayo's midfield you'd say now it's this now it's General O'Connor and Loftus but up to this it's been kind of like or Matty Ryan. it's been an eight and it could be anybody at nine and uh, that's probably been a change in the middle of the field as well, in that there's kind of not that much of a midfield combination as one singular kind of dominant midfielder. But certainly, if I was in this team, I'd be I'd be trying to make it really difficult for a Dublin midfielders so that our midfield could at least break even. And and if you have a dominant number eight in like a you've got to give him a, a, the best possible chance to play. And uh, that was that was just something I seen recently there of Brian Fenton and it was a two a two minute clip of six or seven different teams, there was 11 scores and there wasn't a single tackle. I think that's something probably you'd be you'd be looking at.
2: Uh, that, I think that's sort of, that's sort of, I might have went uh, at a relevant way to, to make my point on on uh, Kerry and, and you know, the individuals or stoppers, but I think that is the point there, Paul. You know, what we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks is that somebody who sacrifices their game a little bit and to you know, to stop, uh, you know, a fenton or or, or whoever, um, that doesn't really matter, but I think, uh, <clears throat> that takes me back to a number of years ago. Uh, Finn and Cork played croaks in uh, croaks from Dr. Croaks from Kerry in a Munster Club. I think it was a semi final, could have even been a final, but was, uh, definitely a semi final at least. <clears throat> and somebody said, you really need to watch uh, this game. Crook scored five twenty three, and, and it was all from play. And I thought, wow, that is unbelievable. And then I watched the game and realised that nobody had told Finn Bars that you're allowed to tackle. It. And I think, you know, something similar at the weekend with Galway. Like, I compare, like, imagine, like, uh, imagine comparing the kerry Galway game at the weekend to the donegal Tyrone game. I mean, don't, you know, it's very difficult to make a comparison between those two games because they were both played in a completely different manner. And, uh, you know, if you look at Donegal, how they got the win, and you look how Kerry got the win, completely different. Put those two teams together and then you've got a real conundrum then. But, you know, as far as Kerry's concerned, well, how, how did it uh, match up against uh, a drone uh, um, a Donegal, or even, if anybody watched Dublin at the weekend, how physical they made that game. Do you know what I mean? Like, in a, in a game that they were fairly comfortable in, I thought, even though Worscombe did quite well for large parts of the game, but how physical Dublin were, you know, and how much uh, they like to make contact with the opposition. And I think that's, again, you know, like, what we do, and I don't know, what we're, we're grasping the straws in order to... To see, can somebody at the end of the season pull it off to Dublin? We see the template, Gasterla. I feel uh, in hurling. I think the first thing Galway did against Limerick Gasterla was uh, they matched them physically, and then they developed their game, and then they played uh, they played their own style. They got their, their some of the better players on on, on the ball, and I think uh, that's the template that you have. To to use against Dublin is first and foremost you have to match them physically. And when I talk about physically, I'm talking about athleticism, I'm talking about mobility. I'm talking about the able to the ability to rate the hits and and keep going. And I think um I think that's the template. And I keep looking at teams and I'm go and I keep wondering, are you fit? Are you fit? First of all, to match them in that way, and then. Like, I'm not worried about... I wouldn't be worried about... If I was from Kerry, I wouldn't be worried about their ability to rip that Dublin defence apart. I wouldn't be worried about that. But in order to get that, you have to get a foothold in the thing and you have to uh, match them physically and, and that's the conundrum and that's what I'd be thinking about because we all want somebody to match the doubles. We all want somebody to pull it out to them and, and make them at least uh, work very hard for what they have. And that's what Kerry did two years ago. You know, you're right, Paul. Last year was a bit of an aberration for everybody probably. Um, but at the end of the day, Dublin came, still came through, you know, on on one another all Ireland. I'm just thinking, you know, how do we get a team uh, to match them physically and have the ability to to knock them over? So so Kerry have the 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 thing at the end of the rainbow, which is the ability to to win the game and the the ability to do what they did at the weekend and put up the scores and all that. But have they got the, the ability to match them with mobility, athleticism, and physicality for Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's a huge point, and it's 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 like you'd you'd hate to make it about fitness with Dublin, and it's it's almost a disservice to them to make it about fitness. But it is a massive point that has to be addressed for 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 whoever the team is that that will that will match them. It, you have to be at least as fit, if not fitter. And I think a Kerry team that's as fit, I think, would beat them. Have have we been have we been over the last number of years? I'm not sure. And 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 you know the other point, Oshin, on that is the dirty work. And the stuff that you described is a bit like the stuff I described there earlier regards tracking a run, and and that has to be prescribed. Like I was lucky, I was very lucky. Like in that, <clears throat> I love that kind of type of work. It came naturally to me. But I was also directed. It was prescribed to me. It was given to me. I was I was told X, Y, and Z tracking runners, middle of the field. You get around the breaks. You make sure you clear ground. Win it, win it if you can. And you make sure whoever wins it has a have a very hard time getting. It, making a play of it. And that work was very much prescribed to me. And and I think that's a factor too, like, do you know
1: Did one, you enjoy playing football?
0: Well I love that part. I absolutely loved it around the middle third. And I absolutely love tracking runners. Or track yeah, tracking you know, tracking or uh, tracking a man on the ball. I loved it. I loved tracking the midfielder or, or I love <laughs> tracking a halfback. <clears throat> Excuse me. I love tracking a halfback. Early on in my career I was I was a bit Annoyed by halfbacks going up the field, and I probably would have done a bit of handling of them to try and prevent them from doing it. But, but eventually, you know, that wasn't fair, or, or, or I, was, I was almost stuck in the challenge in a way. And eventually I said, This is great because if he does go and I get him down at the other end and dispossess him, it'll be massive for the team. And the, the, my favorite part, my most enjoyable part of the game. Was that that opportunity where a midfielder might break away from Dara, and you save that you you not, you're not you save the day, but you 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 see it. First of all, you see him go, then you get there and you stop him or you slow him. I love doing that, and I love this. I loved the rough and tumble around the middle of what the field around breaks. So so that's why when I saw that clip of Brian, I looked for the guy coming from behind to track him, trail him, tackle him, stop him, and I just didn't see it. And I'm wondering. Is it, it's power and pace with Fenton for sure. But then I'm wondering where's the prescription of the guy on the opposition team to say, well, look, if he gets away from my say, whoever the midfielder was, um, Dave Moore and Colin Cavanaugh, uh, one of the male lads, you've got to be there ready to, to, to cover him because uh, you get a 2v1 with a halfback or whatever and it's, it's score territory. So they were the part, they were the things that I enjoyed most about the game.
1: Did you enjoy football, Oshin?
2: Yeah, I, I love football and I suppose the, the big thing for me was that I played a, a lot of my football actually in the half-forward lane, but it's fair to say that I would be probably a different player than Paul was. Uh, when I seen the half-back go, I let him go and hope, so hope that uh, somebody else would, uh, take, would take care of him. <laughs> did a bit of pointing. Uh, but but I, remember, I remember Paul Grimley, one of the first things Paul Grimley did in you 2 I remember the first league league game we played. And he said, "Listen, I don't question your ability in any way. I question uh, how 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 much you're willing to work on it." And I suppose uh, that was a kick off the hole for me to to go on and actually uh, improve that side of my game. I wouldn't say it was it was anywhere near what Paul was in regards to that, or as unselfish in the way I played the game. Uh, you know, but I I suppose we were both different types of players. I suppose I what I loved about um, about football was uh, you weren't on it every day like I wasn't on it every day but the days you were on it I just wanted the ball like, you know what I mean like I would have loved to have a ball, a ball to myself you know whenever um, I was really on it but I suppose I enjoyed it and I think I played in an era where it was probably easy enough to enjoy it and, and again we didn't have unbelievable success uh, like Paul's team did but uh, we had enough that it kept us interested all, all the way through. So, um, yeah, I I love football and I miss the only aspect of of, of uh, football I miss now is it's just the games themselves, the big games. Probably not to be honest. Not even the league games. You know, going to a championship ground and, and realizing that they're not involved and. I haven't been involved for so long I mean that was the one thing that I missed I definitely missed about it I didn't miss any of the other stuff I didn't miss the training or the slogger when I got there some people loved that but I, I didn't
0: yeah. Yeah. You know you raised a, you're, uh, you raised the point there O'Shea that I think decided an All-Ireland final a couple of years ago in that your role as a wing forward in your game we were different players but you were you know what I mean? You you were also a fifteen, which I don't think probably I never I, I played there at minor and twenty one level and a club level and I was a scoring forward for a for a good part of my career, but like at intercounty level at the top end, I would never have been a fifteen where you whereas you were you were an inside fifteen you know, and one of the top fifteens in the country. And the other interesting point about that, O'Sheen, is the free taking. I remember three or four years ago, one of the All Ireland finals between Dublin and Mayo came down to a free and Killian O'Connor and Dean Rocker the free takers, and their role in the game in terms of work rate was very different. Killian, very honest player, huge appetite for work and a lot of aggression. And I, I, I you know, you admire it in him. But he may have been too honest that day, and he ended up tracking back way, way back the field to his own goal. And I remember him making a tackle in his own small square at one point. And late on in that game, he a, a, a free drop shot late in that final, and in the same final, I'm sure. Dean Rock popped a free to win it. And Dean Rock, but in, Dean Rock is another man with a huge work rate and has a 15. and and But in that game, he really didn't go beyond 45 or 65. He did all his work up high close to goal and he didn't go back to the field at all. And I just think, especially with free-takers, like probably, if you're young, it's different maybe, if you're a young free-taker. But if you're an older one, I think you're probably more inclined to say and if you're a scoring forward generally you might be more inclined to say okay look I'll, I'll risk one or two here because I know if it comes back or late in the game I know if I get ball it's going to be score territory and I want to have the legs to do it. And the free and one was just a factor I thought in Lallard a final there a couple of years back.
2: Yeah good point. I think that was the day that they kicked uh 18 out of 19
0: between them. Uh, right. I think they had a 100% record up until Killian kicked that one uh short. I didn't realise that but I remember looking at Killian that day, and his work rate was taking him all over the field, whereas Dean Rocks was only taking him so far. And um,
1: he was inside the fifty, basically. He was, he was, he was. was It looked looked
0: that way. It looked that way to me, and it wasn't that he was shirking it or anything like that. But it looked like you know that he was leaving it maybe to the to the boys down the field more so than what Killian was, maybe you know.
1: There's there was an interesting thing happened. At the weekend, if we talk about innovation in culture. I was never
0: kicking freeze. Basically, is my point. I was never in danger. So I, I could, run. I, I could run, and run, and run and keep running. I wasn't going to ever have to worry about getting a
1: late free. <laughs> I, w- I want to talk about the. I want to talk about the Tyrone Donegal match, and in the second half of that game, when Tyrone had um, a player sent off, as they chased the game late on, Niall Morgan left the Tyrone goal and played in midfield. For a couple of kickouts late in that game, is there is there something changing with goalkeepers in Gaelic football, or Can you see that happening? Where the idea almost of a fly keeper is going to come more and more?
2: Oh, Jesus, this is a tough. One. This is a tough one for me because because I I I've watched I watched Rory Began go past. Is I watched Rory Began run past Conor McManus yesterday into the uh, into the full forward line, and I thought, what what is going on? Uh, I like innovation, um, but I also like the goalkeeper just to stay where he is. I look I, at I, I, it, I took me a long time to get my head around boys coming up and kicking freeze. That took, me a, that took me a long time, I and mean, I still struggle with it sometimes. Um, but I tend not to talk about it because if you talk about stuff like that, you, you're perceived as being a dinosaur. But if there's not a forward that can kick the ball over the bar from, from a free inside 50 yards on the on the throne team or the or the modern team, then then uh, I, I don't know. There's something seriously wrong with the way we're coaching people. But uh, I understand. Uh, like like I suppose the counter argument for that is you watch Allison coming up. You heading the ball in the net, and you think, okay, that's going to happen someday in the GAA. But for all of that, all of those possibilities, uh, a keeper's a keeper. Uh, Neil Morgan might be slightly different in that he plays midfield for his club and that he might fancy himself out around now. But uh, I, maybe when you're when you're down a player, you're chasing a game, you sort of try anything. But other than that, I don't I don't see, you know, what Rory or Neil Morgan or that is gonna to bring to the party, you know, you know, going forward and and look at the the Rory won't actually come back to bite them. Uh, a number of years ago, if you remember, uh, the All-Ireland semi-final when, you know, we were trying to retain possession and they ended up losing it. So, yeah, so uh, I, I, I people can call me a dinosaur if they want, but I'm I, I, I uh, I'm not a particular
1: fan of it. Because Dublin did it in the last minutes of the 2019 <coughs> final when they were down a player as well and Cluxton went to full-back and they pushed a player all the way up the field. But this was different. Uh, this was Niall Morgan going out to try and, pick his face and actually the second time he did it it probably cost a uh, probably cost a score to donegal because he actually didn't go far enough when he did go he got kind of caught in no man's land so but but it will be it will be interesting to see did you see anything in in either Tyrone or monahan um or sorry Tyrone or donegal that was different this year rushing
2: uh yeah I think you know there's there's more of an emphasis on there. I think Toronto are a walk in progress. I think there's more of an emphasis on, uh, on hitting the full forward and I think uh, when, when they add McShane into that mix uh, that, that changes the whole complex of, the, of that team. Um, I also think that um, they, they were backing their, their their defenders a little bit more. You know, there was a little bit more one-to-one they weren't relying on like they don't have a Colin Uh That role is a very defined or prescriptive role. Uh, you know, the one of the roles that Paul was talking about, um, and I don't think they have a player who's going to be able to, to fit that mould uh, in the exact way that he did before. But I'm not sure if if Fergan, Logan and Brian do want that to happen. But that I see enough in them. Yeah, I've seen I've seen loads, and there's loads of potential there in in Toronto. Um, and I think you know. I fear for our man at next week. Um, as far as Donny is concerned, it's more of the same, except for they obviously have a massive bit between their teeth now. Uh they look like an angry team. They look like a team with a point to prove. Um, but look at the, they're a little bit of like carry in that. You know, we're not really gonna find out until uh, August. You know whether you know there's there's enough in them to 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 um to win in all Ireland. But look at, uh, those two teams are. are Far
0: and away, I think best two teams. Also, yeah, I, I think you know the works in progress. Washington, is in, an interesting way to put it, and it's it's true. And I think I think it's going to be tricky for the works in progress this year again. You know, the teams that have the new management in. I think probably you mentioned Galway earlier, like in how to judge Galway. Like I think Barrick is probably is suffering a little bit for the timing of the his introduction. And the whole new situation that he's in, and it being a work in progress, Galway being a work in progress. You think of the work that he would have, he could have got done with the Corryfin to boys in, to integrate them into that side. That, well, in my experience anyway, that time was gone. That time was lost to integrate any kind of coaching or any kind of you know a new body or a new. And I wonder, you know, I think Tyrone probably have worked. They certainly worked quietly anyway, which is a positive, up to up to this point, and and. I do wonder what the quality of the work is, has been like for for everybody, um, having been on the inside and 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 feeling that, you know, all the time pressures and the, the the restrictions. That I wonder what it's like for the works in progress. I think that'll be an interesting thing to observe going forward, for the new the new the new setups.
2: Yeah, that's a good that's a good point on on the management end of things. Like like if you if you come in as a manager, like it, it's very unforgiving now. You know, very like management is very, very unforgiving. And you think of the teams running the team restrictions, uh, the uh, the game restrictions. I mean, by this stage, most teams would have played uh, an auxiliary competition in their in their own province. They would be uh, through their league and they'd be going in into championship with a guaranteed back door. They don't have that. Um. So, like, we judge teams on like a lot of people will judge teams on the face of the disaster on, like, they'll judge Mickey Hard on the fact that, you know, he uh, got beaten by a point. They'll judge uh, Fergal Logan and Brian do because everybody expects a bounce when a new management, management come in. Look, it's it's simple. One day you're Pep Guardiola, the next day you're Sam Allardyce. That's just, that's just the way it is. And I think that the, the thing about uh county management now is that uh, there was more of a turnover of managers this year than I actually thought there would be. And I think, you know, those guys who everybody is trying to hit the ground running, I think it's more difficult than it's ever been to do that. I mean, what do you know about your players? A lot of players, you know, you're just you're taking a chance on them. You're looking, you're looking at what they're doing and the trend and you're thinking, yeah, he can definitely do a job for me. And, and whether they can or not, you know, is, uh, and I think if you look back on the weekend, and you look back at the amount of substitutions they'll made in the first 25 minutes of the game, I think that that statistic will Square be point. Will be through the roof as regards where we have been before in the first league game.
1: Paul, can we just talk about that that issue of management first start? And I want to bring you back to to going into the Wexford job. Will you talk us through the interview for that Wexford job?
0: Um. Yeah, it was the interview. Really, I was. I was keen on, I suppose. I I, I had just been out of the game for four years. I'd been looking at the game hard and studying the game hard. And I just felt on a personal level, on a personal development point of view, from a football point of view, certainly. And just on a personal point of view as well. I hadn't done an interview. I couldn't remember my, my last interview. And I was just interested as to the process. And I was interested as to where I might, how I might get on with the interview. And and I had watched a lot of Wexford, um, and I had well, I had watched a lot of Division Four, and I had seen a good bit of Wexford, and uh, a good bit of the Wexford club scene. So I I loved it. I loved the interview process. I really enjoyed it, and I was really interested for feedback from the people involved in the on the committee. And that's really what I uh, what I was seeking was you know. See, I, I said I'm going to present now X, Y, and Z, and I'll, I, I'm going to put it to these people, and I'll see I'll see how it lands. And that's that was for my own development as a fellow interested in football who wanted to get into coaching and who wanted who to, wanted to not get into it but re get back into it because I had done a number of years at schools level, and and um, so so I said you know that's 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 the way to go now bring your st- bring your stuff to the table and see what kind of feedback you get, and um, and and take it from there.
1: And when you started, what were the ideas that you wished to introduce that you'd that had flown from those four years of study? Because like did life as a Kerry footballer prepare you for managing Wexford?
0: Uh, I wouldn't have applied for it on the basis of being a former Kerry footballer, to be honest with you. And I wouldn't have ever accepted a position like and I and I had a number of conversations with people in the winter and you know, about various roles and you want to know why they want to hire you or why they want to Bring you on board, or hire you, or work with you, and if I ever felt it was, and I've made this known, like you know, it can't be upon judges upon a football career, you you know. So what did what did it help me? I don't know. Did did it help me? It it probably helped me from the point of view of uh, the committee recognized, you know, the team I played on, the, the the look we had with success, and they said, well, you know, there's that there's that anyway, but. I don't know then beyond that you can't be leaning on that basically you know so you have to have a bit more I think about your, uh, beyond that like
2: see the school stuff was that was that any preparation for county? was that did that give you any sort of uh, it,
0: it, it would have it would have from the point of view that we were doing a lot with kickouts back then actually like that I felt were still actually um, valuable actually you know, what, did,
2: like what, did you, what, what did what did what did you find the most difficult thing about in the Candy remember, not I'm not talking about the the, the situation we found ourselves in pandemic wise or anything like that. There, I'm just talking
0: yeah. about in general. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I suppose what was the most difficult part? there's a logistical element to management, like the management element, really like the logistical element, the, 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 the emails, the fixtures, the, the, um, the club stuff. So it's all that stuff. I would call it, I would call it the real management stuff, like of, of, of travel logistics, club fixtures. And, and I, and I think honestly, the media, probably the media part of it as well. I, I, you know I think you need to be you need to you need to have you need to be probably um, at ease with the media aspect of it which I probably am not like. which is I think you need to be probably uh, comfortable in with the media side of it and uh, that's probably something I wasn't as comfortable with maybe you know, as, as I should have been you know what I mean but anyway
1: everything that you've spoken about there about what you wanted to do is it's almost more what a coach does rather than what a manager does. The stuff that you didn't enjoy is the stuff that a manager kind of does. Do you think you'd have been better served going as a number two rather than as a number one? And if you were to go back again, is that the way you'd go?
0: Um, I mean, we had those discussions like, you know, Myself and the chairman and the and the committee and we did have that discussion about the the the, um, the role and and um, and a number one, number two, and all. We had that very open chat, and you know, I did feel, I did, I did feel, you know, I suppose I would have gone in a, in, a, in a in a back room. I would have gone in as a number two just as easily, you know. But we 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 couldn't really find the combination, you know. I had done a little, a few sessions with Kiran Dealey in London, and Ciarán's a Wexford man, and Ciarán was, you know, in the conversation a little bit, and he, you know, being London based, it wasn't working for him, and 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 um, that that yeah, and I was more than comfortable. I was more than happy to go forward. Absolutely more than happy because I was sure about what I was bringing to the table on that side of it. So I had no issue with going forward. So I don't know what what the right answer to that is, and that basically I'm just. That was basically the outline of how it happened. It was very open and transparent and honest. And I don't try to bluff people or, 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 or fool people or or, or uh, oversell myself or undersell myself. I'm a very, very straightforward person, a very transparent person. Presented myself. And, you know, we, I did like you said. I, I did, it was probably, you know, ideally I suppose I would have gone a number two maybe. But I wasn't by any means afraid of going the number one if it came to that you
1: know Dave Power the Tipperary football manager acknowledged this week that football in his county played second fiddle to hurling and Tipperary is it the same in Wexford
0: well it's very much very much very much so
1: and did you have difficulties dealing with the hurling management
0: the hurling management you have to be more specific paul
1: did you have difficulties dealing with the hurling manager
0: hurling manager uh, I, I had no difficulty dealing with the hurling manager until such time as he just started to interfere a little bit with, with my operation Paul, to be quite honest and I, I felt
1: how did that work
0: I didn't it worked okay I listened we were in a we were I was building a new team down there I made a couple of decisions down there to shake the thing up a little bit and and um, you know we were starting fresh really with a young group and and I had to keep my mo- I had to keep my head down, Paul, because there was a lot of stuff flying around, and we needed results basically. And 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 we started to get results, and that was enough. That was enough of an answer really for me at the time. But you know, I did feel I did feel um, it was a bit of interference that made my job more difficult and made uh, made the situation down there difficult. You know, very good relationship with the chairman, but. You know, I think some of the things that went on probably.
1: What form did the interference take?
0: I uh, know, you know, look, I think Dave, he wanted the training ground to himself. You know, he wanted Ferns to himself down there. He he he. He certainly let it be known very pretty early that we weren't we weren't welcome Would we, we, welcome in Ferns, you know, the football side of things because of some of the things he did. Made it clear to me that you know we we weren't welcome in ferns basically. That was my that was my take on the situation.
1: Well, okay. Okay. Division four though. Division four is fascinating. And I I I heard you say before and read in your autobiography where you 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 talk about life being a collection of experiences and how learning what well, you are the sum of your experiences. So that experience and what you take from it for your kind of personal, your personal development and your development as a sports person, what, what did it do for you?
0: Well, it was good for me. I must say from a football point of view, in terms of the stuff I was bring into the table, I learned a good bit, I suppose, from the point of view of dealing with people and relationships and that, there was loads in it, you know, I suppose just to, just to, you know, be continue as I am and continue being honest and transparent and being, being, um. You know, straight up with people like, you know, just to tidy up that issue there on the Davy and the Wexford, the hurdling people like, you know, I didn't mind a bit of chicanery. There was a bit of chicanery going on and, and you know, I released a few players. He brought them into the hurdling squad to the same training ground, dressing rooms, pitches, car park, corridor, same training nights. You know, and I felt that was a bit of a statement. And I took it on the chin because, you know what, he's around a long time and Davey's a wily old fox and he's gained a little bit of soft power there in the media that he uses quite cleverly. And I took it on the chin because we needed results and I just had to keep my head down. But, you know, what really the the thing that really annoyed me about that was the fact that he kind of made a big man of himself in the media on the back of it. And he started talking about all the respect he had for me in the media and making a kind of a virtuous man of himself on the back of it. But... The reality was behind the scenes that that wasn't the case at all. You know, it was actually I felt trying to maybe you know put me in put me in the happy place a little bit and put football in the happy place a little bit. Like, and, you know, and there was a lot of good Wexford football people down there that I think um, you know, I think there's a lot of potential down there. I do. I, I, I saw it firsthand. I believe there's a, the makings of a very good young team down in Wexford. I'm absolutely certain of that good football people down there. But um yeah, I suppose that was a bit of an eye opener for me in terms of the learning experience and, and, and the the growth the growth out of it and then, then then your next you know, you move on to your next place and you, you 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 probably have had a good grounding there overall in terms of experience, you know.
1: Because a Kerry football manager would never have to deal with that issue or even the Dublin football manager. A uh, well, look, I
0: mean, I'm a, I'm a jewel. I'm a hurling man, Paul. I come from hurling country. I know hurling and I know hurling people. And I know that the game of hurling is full of very honest people and very good people. And and I know a lot of cl- people in Claire Hurling. Um, funny enough, I read an article by you a number of years ago that spoke about the Claire Offaly um, 98 sit-in protest by the Offaly fans. You wrote an article on that. You're an awfully man, of course. I read that article a while back. I was on the pitch for that actually in the '98 in I was on the pitch because the Carry under-21 hurlers were about to play. We were there. We were there about to play our hurling final, and he sat in, and that was that game. But I was up close and personal with the Clare boys because they were my favourite hurling team that '95 90, to '90 whatever Locknan's time. That Clare team were huge in Kerry because they were only over the ferry, really. You know, a lot of them were close by, and we would have gone to Clare a lot. I would have played against Dalo's Clare Castle a number of times in challenge games up in Clare Castle. And by God, skin and hair would fly, and Dalo would be on the sideline. So, like, we looked up to that Clare team. So, we're a jewel club, like in Kerry. So, we, we, we've dealt with the jewel stuff. I've dealt with it all my career. Like, we probably have suffered for it for, for a number of years from the point of view that. You'll go well in the hurling one year, in football in the next, maybe, and 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 you know you kind of have to give. There's a bit of give and take, you know. So Kerry football manager no has no issues with dual stuff, uh, but I suppose it's not. It's an it's an issue. It's an issue in some counties. Uh, I think what Wexford have the most dual clubs of any county. Actually, I think I think this are the ratio of dual clubs. It's in ratio,
1: right? yeah, in ratio, that's clubs
0: and Forty-eight. I think there's fifty-two clubs in forty-eight are, are
1: dual so it it does it does make it it does make it a different it does make it a different scenario whereas you see kieran donaghy now goes up to Armagh and it's a free run at what he's trying to do in in as as kieran mcgee as a coach with kieran mcgee actually what will kieran donaghy bring to Armagh?
0: well i, I... You know, you see a lot of positivity around the place these days and you see a lot of people talking about positivity and you see almost a commercial, it's almost a commodity now. Positivity is almost a commodity now, you know. But you can fake positivity. You know, like, you can say, you can write on Instagram about the importance of positivity and you can say in a talk that it's important to be positive. But optimism is a, is a different thing. Optimism is a much more natural thing. And it's a much more powerful thing. And... Uh, Kieran is a bar like Kieran is a bar an optimist like you know and I think there's huge value in that actually as seriously as a coach or as a manager like to be naturally optimistic about what you're doing. You don't have to force positivity then or look for positivity at all. You can accept the negativity. You can accept to say you know oh, that's, it's just not great now at the minute, you can be pragmatic, but you don't have to waste energy forcing positivity upon people. If you're a natural optimist, you can just say right oh that's bad or it's a problem. We just have to accept the problem because we know that it'll get better and we'll do better and we'll grow and we'll be fine. But for now, sometimes you can be faced with a positive person who can force the positivity upon you and you can deny the fact that there's a problem in front of your face because you have to paint it up with positivity. So anyway, Kieran, Kieran just has a just natural optimism, and optimism in him that makes him, you know, he does well at things, right? He does well at things like... He he's 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 got a he's got this thing in him where he does well and he's he, he's successful like he's won a load since he's retired with carry with the club. He's won a load in basketball. So I think that's a valuable thing there that might be intangible. He's also got he's also sharp on the game and he's you know, he's got his um he doesn't tell me everything now by any means in terms of what he's doing with our map, so so I don't know exactly what he brings, but as a personality I know exactly what he'd bring. On the football side of things. He his ideas. I, I I wouldn't be privy to them, to be honest with
1: you. Well, you can see on a football point of view. I would suggest the impact in that first penalty that Arma won set the tone for the game yesterday. A high ball dropping into the square. The arms are out from the full forward. He 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 bought a penalty of. We can argue whether he bought it off the football. Ushin, Ushin, why did you feel about that? Well, <coughs> I thought it was
2: definitely a penalty. I thought, <laughs> the, I thought the only problem I had with it was that. We kicked one hay ball in the first half. We got a penalty off, and we never bothered doing it after that. Um, but I think, uh, you know, when I think of what Kieran Donaghy uh, brings, like you have to have, like, like when Benny Tierney um, uh, decided to uh, retire after two thousand and two, Joe Cairnan kept Benny Tierney around. Now we he he, he Benny did the stats, but um, Benny wasn't there for the stats. And we all knew that he was there to give us a bit of a bounce in the change room. He was there for a, for a bit of, uh, bad manners, a bit of, uh, a bit of, a bit, bit of form? crack. Yeah. A bit of crack before games, a bit of messing around, a bit of keeping everybody on their toes, that sort of thing. And I think when a character like, uh, him or Donaghy comes into a setup immediately, um, first of all, the first thing you notice is the personality. And then, uh, where if you notice a personality and you realize uh this guy you know he's very he's bubbly he's all that sort of thing it's i think it's easier to take the um the instruction on board and i think you know like i i obviously have uh, nephews playing on the uh, on that team i don't ask them because i i, I hear being asked when i was in that in in that setup I, I don't i don't ask them what's going on but i know uh you know they are they they're, they're they're very, very. They tell me he's very, very adept at what he's doing. So put it, put it a guard, and he's a positive influence around the players. So I think that's as much as you as you can ex- expect from somebody coming in uh, to a to a, a dressing room that he knows nothing about. You know,
1: isn't isn't it interesting with all the talk about science in Gaelic football now and strategy and planning? And I know Paul, you say those four years after finishing as a Kerry footballer before you and, and I know you were still playing a bit of club football but and, and a bit of hurling but you studied the game and you went in there. But you both of you speak a lot about the emotion of in the dressing room, the emotion around the team. How important is emotion to football?
0: Yeah, I suppose it's important to sport, like it's important. It's a big it's a big part of every sport. Like I suppose you, you, you have to recognise I suppose that at some point it's the, the type of performance it gives you, you know, it depends on the sport, saying football, you know, you, you, you get a certain, I found, I found early in my career, I was a certain type of player, and you I was given a certain type of performance, and then when I stepped back, uh, and I looked at my overall approach, and the emotional levels, and, you know, you, you start to use your head a little bit more, and you, you can give us different type of performance, you know, so like, you know, you, what does that mean literally in the game you, you might be in the middle third of the field as a wing forward and you're stuck into breaks and you're tackling and chasing and you're making you're tracking runners and you're trying to get the ball back that's, that's very emotional you're in the middle of things you're in the thick of things you're in the thick of the action you might as you get older you might fake going into the breakdown and where say early on I would have gone into every break the same way and done the same thing and, and then and then I realized that it's pretty easy to handle me here now, actually, if he just grabs a hold of me here. We both know what's going to happen here, basically. Later on in my career, I start to fake one into the breakdown and stay out of it. And the next thing, he has to turn around and look for you and then he can't go to the breakdown. And the next thing, when he's looking for you, you go to the breakdown. And that 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 was a different state of being. It was less emotional, more thoughtful. and So it's about recognizing what emotion gives you as a player, and when it takes you too far, and what the brain gives you then, as against that, and I think the brain is the real one, really. You know, the brain is the real one you want because emotional emotions will only take you so far. In my experience, you need the brain to switch on and take you to a new, a, a new level of play.
1: And can you recognise that both of you from managing teams on how to get <coughs> different players to different a different emotional pitch, while at the same because it's it's not a one size fits all and some players need one thing and others need another. How do you, how do you work that out?
2: I think a lot of players, a lot of players know, and if they don't know, then I think uh, what way to prepare themselves for games. And I think the players that don't know, uh, then you need to facilitate them and help them uh, as to where they need to be. Like I have worked with uh, a number of teams one team I work with, my own club, very much relied on the emotional side of it. And and, and I know that um, a lot of that has gone out of the game. And I know a lot of times, you, you know, you're not allowed to talk about it because it it, it it has to be more clinical. But I definitely still think there's room for that, for that emotional side. I think the team I'm working with now, to be honest, um, completely went in and completely misread them. Uh, walked on the emotional side of things and how absolutely the game we were going to be and really the last time of the first championship match that I need to seriously bring this back down a peg or two and when you do then you can see you know, clear clear instructions <coughs> two three things before a game and and, and these boys will, will prosper you know but uh, I think it's, it's just a matter of weighing up the teams and the individuals that you're dealing with and where teams are coming from where you um, Teams are coming from as far as, you know, where they are success-wise, where they are and the, the ladder, you know, how many rungs they are from the top. And, uh, I think once you once you try and once you get your head around that, then you're in a much better place at, at knowing to what needs to be delivered before a game. But I think, I still think, and I'll always think this, that, that never discount the emotional say, because that is a very, very important part. Because you take emotion out of sport and you make it as clinical as some people want to make it, then uh I s I, I, I don't think that as a team you can develop in the same way as a team that is in tune with what's going on emotionally.
0: Yeah, for sure. I'd agree with Ocean there. Like it is fundamental. You'll never yeah, you have to use it. You have to use it and accept it as part of your preparation make the make the best of it. And I think it's a huge part of the team psychology and team you know, sports psychology as well as the the, the management of the emotional athlete, like and the emotions of the group.
1: Do you think, though, for this to happen properly, you need a definite connection with the county or the team you're training to fully understand this, to fully develop this, to fully live in it, or can you go, can you walk into a place, and 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 read it and develop it and be absolutely intimately involved in it?
0: I, I think you can. It's up to your research and your interest levels and in the job and the county and the club. Absolutely. I was I was consumed and uh, consumed with Wexford teams over the years, all their club teams, all their club championship games. I completely exhausted myself with, with, with club action. When the club action resumed last year, I managed to spend so many hours watching intermediate club games, and and junior club games, and senior club games that I was by the time it came to drive from Castlebar to uh, Ferns. I was completely exhausted and uh, I had just the night before spent about three hours or four hours doing an analysis on three or four players that were playing in an intermediate quarter final, and um, discussing with them, X, Y and Z and you know, it's, it's, it's up to the individual and the interest you have in the job if you love what you're doing, you, 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 you're, there to, you're, you're there to know as much as you can about the county and the clubs and the players, Did that would be my approach.
1: Is it the difficulty for you that it consumed you too much?
0: I think that is a challenge for me going forward, yeah. Oshin. Yeah,
2: I think you have to have a walk ethic. If you don't have a walk ethic um, when it comes to
0: management,
2: uh, I think players are more attuned. Their bullshit radar is uh, more attuned than the devil being. You won't get away with You know, falling short. Your preparation has to be good. You need to be on the pitch. You need to be there before everybody else. You need to leave. You know, after everybody else. Need that that work ethic uh, needs to be there. But also, I think you know, when you talk about going into um, a different setup, a setup maybe that you know you don't have any emotional involvement with. I think if you go in and you try and fake that emotional involvement, but but I think once you're in there, I think that develops and you start to learn about these people as individuals, you start to learn about the area that you you know that you that you're in, you start to learn a little bit about the history and different things Yeah, and as that as that develops then then so too does your emotional attachment because um when I one of the things I said when I was playing is that I would never manage anybody else other than uh Cross. Now that has changed dramatically because I I dipped my toe in, in management when I went to the, to the to DKT, to the, to the college and the dog and started meeting other individuals from different backgrounds and I found college football uh, a brilliant outlet for me and I, I we didn't take it too seriously because college football is college football. Um, gays are there to, to be educated but they're also there to, to live out their life and have a good time and have a bit of fun and uh, and, and, and I, th- I felt as if that, that, that that's where the college football was at. But when I first went in, when I first went in Hall, I was in the training ground and now waiting for boys to come out. Now they come out in trips and jobs. I think I had seven in the end. And, and and what do you do with seven people? And I, I had I had got the, I had weighed it up completely wrong. I weighed up what, the, what they needed. Uh, this was about, it was about me. When I went into that, that I'm told that was taking that first train set. It was with me, and how professional I was going to look, and how I was going to take all all of the things I'd learned, and I was going to try to fit them into one train set. Do you know what I mean? To really impress these boys. But um, uh, but, but what what they needed was they needed to see somebody. who, First of all, I didn't need to take them onto a training field. I needed to take them into a room and get to know them. I needed to, uh, and once I was able to do that, then we could think about walking on on things but you know to just walk in on the train people go yeah listen lads I'm here I'm, we're ready to rock let's go with four laps and let's let's do a warm-up and let's do you need to get to know people when you go into when you go into a certain area and see. you need to get a feel for that and, and you do and, and you just need to be patient with that first of all when you first thing you do is when you go in there you go how am I ever going to remember these people's names Two weeks later, you know, everybody, you know, and you're starting to get to know them then as individuals and who the characters are and all that sort of thing. So uh, it's definitely doable.
1: We're, we're, we're nearly done, but I want to ask both of you one <clears> last <throat> question. You've both mentioned today, Oshin, you did it on several occasions, and Paul, you did it too, but you've also done it in the past. You've just talked about how, how you were wrong and how you've made mistakes and how you've, you know, you've learned from something. It's it, it's not always that you hear that from some from people who are at a, a, an elite level of sport and have come through a sport. Do you think do you think that's an essential part of how you go about things? This idea of of acknowledging acknowledging failure or acknowledging, acknowledging being wrong. Uh,
0: I I think you can't you, you can't be self righteous as a manager like you know or as as, as as a coach, even as a person like you. You, you can't go in with all the answers and expecting that everything you say is right and that and that uh, everything you say will be will be the way. I think um, I think you've got to be probably vulnerable at times. You've got to be, um, and I would, I would I would I would I would have no issue ever to say you know if a thing was was on me, I I I'd be the first to say it. And I think it's a strength actually to be able to do that. I think
2: that that's something that that, that's, that I try to play in life first and foremost in life, and football is an extension of my life, and uh, so try and bring I try and bring that into into sport and into, and into football, and uh, I think uh, you know that word that Paul used vulnerability, like you know what I mean like players need to players need to see that you know that that you're vulnerable. <laughs> Not that you're a wreck or anything, but, but that you're the job, the job vulnerable at the same time as everybody else, and that you're
0: willing to take that you're willing to take that you're willing to take the slack and take the take the ease or take responsibility if you feel it has got if, if you feel it's on you that you're willing to say so. I think is that, is that right, Oshin? That just sums it up, yeah
1: one last question actually i do have one last question did you ever score three six in a match i'm not first talking half, about Darf. F-
2: f- first half of the match probably oh, <laughs> i never scored three six of that quality well, like, we, can we leave can we leave it at that
1: uh, he's not too bad clifford is is he he's not too bad
2: he's uh, we talked about work in progress at the start of the, the, start of the show but <laughs> he's certainly not <laughs> He's not in that category. He's he's, he's there. He's a rave. And uh, I, I think the brother being there didn't do him any harm whatsoever. I think he's a player too. Uh, but David Clifford at the weekend, take a bow. on unbelievable.
1: Yeah. So thank you to Allianz uh, for making the podcast happen. <clears throat> thank you for Larry, to Larry Ryan for running it, to Tony Lean and everyone and everyone at Examiner Sport for making it happen as well. A huge thanks again to Oshin and especially to, to Paul, to Paul Galvin for giving us so much time this morning. Um, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Cheers, guys. cheers, cheers Oshin. Alliance. Supporting all 32 counties through the Alliance Leagues.